Hi, I'm Marietta Del Vecchio and welcome to another episode of the Silver Bullet Podcast. This podcast is about lessons learned in running a business with a strong focus on startup founders and CEOs. We'll uncover what gaps these disruptors have identified in the market, what they're doing differently to their competitors, and of course, to find out their silver bullet for business success. On today's episode of the Silver Bullet Podcast, I'm chatting with Amal Wakim, co-founder and CEO of Equolution, a digital program that uses a flexible 80-20 approach to dieting to help people reach their transformation goals. During the podcast, we chat about the 30 kilo weight loss journey that inspired a business, the diet trends and quick fix solutions that really irritate Amal, and how Facebook Messenger played a pivotal role in getting Equolution off the ground. Amal, thank you for joining me on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Pleasure, pleasure. Always, always a pleasure to have someone like you on the show. You've got quite the CV and so many accolades. And I usually start by getting um, my guests to explain their business. In your own words, can you tell us um, about Equolution and how it works? Yeah, so Equolution is a health tech platform and we facilitate personalized and sustainable nutrition through a mobile app. So essentially, um, we follow a non-restrictive, non-aggressive approach to providing meal plans that are delicious, but also tailored to your lifestyle, allowing you to achieve your health goals in the most easiest and enjoyable way. And is that your unique um, selling proposition comparison to your competitors? Yeah, definitely. I, I think what makes us stand out in, in this market is the fact that we are the most personalized solution. So we take your lifestyle, your body data, your goals, and we use all of that to combine um, the output that we have through a meal plan. So we ensure that the food that you're enjoying on your meal plan is the food that you like to eat. So if you're someone that doesn't like to eat mushrooms and chicken or beef or whatever it may be, we ensure that you don't actually get that prescribed in your nutrition plan. But on top of that, what makes us also stand out in the market is that we actually focus on nutrition only. And so there are a lot of competitors in this space that do the like the overall um, nutrition and fitness and the guidance around all of that. But because we focus on nutrition, we are experts in that field and we ensure that we prescribe proper nutrition to you for that reason. Yeah, right. Okay. So you're not telling people to go do a half hour jog each day or whatever. No. So we don't actually make any fitness recommendations. In a lot of our comms, we do preach a very um, active lifestyle. So we we talk about the benefits of exercise. So getting up, going for a walk, moving your body um, at least uh, 15 minutes a day at minimum. However, the nutrition is prescribed to your exercise and activity level that you're currently doing. So when you sign on to the app, we ask a series of questions. So it's an in-depth questionnaire. And there you'll then identify how many exercise days you do and what your current activity level. And then from there, we then determine your nutrition intake. And so if you're someone that is time poor and you can't actually go and exercise as much as you'd like, you're a mom, you just have a newborn, or you're a busy corporate or an executive, we can actually tailor your nutrition to it. And so, um, yes, exercise is important. I think it's an important facet of just overall general health, but nutrition is paramount when uh, coming to achieving your weight loss goals. 
what are some of the things that a person can have on their equilution diet that perhaps they can't have elsewhere? Yeah. I I follow you on Instagram, so I've seen (laughs) some of the good stuff that goes on. Well, look, we offer a a wide variety of food, right? It's non-restrictive, it's non-aggressive. And so essentially you can have the food that you love in moderation. So if you want to have a burger, you can have a burger, pizza, pasta, sushi, chocolate, whatever it may be. We just educate you on how to have it in your day. Um, It's all about balance, right? So we like to practice something that's like 80% whole food, 20% soul food. So essentially making your day up of food that is good for your body, um, but also good for your soul as well. Because if you're eating chicken and broccoli every day for every meal, you're going to be miserable. But if we teach you how to have, you know, your lean meats and, and your veggies and so on, plus having pizza at night or a glass of wine, whatever your guilty pleasure is, uh, that is a far more sustainable approach long-term. I totally agree. Like deprivation is the key to like long-term failure. You're so right about that. And I think that in our industry particularly, there are a lot of like quick fix solutions out there, right? And that's what the diet culture in Australia is all about. I just want to achieve this yesterday. And so unfortunately, you know, those marketing campaigns and strategies really get someone when it's like lose five kilos in two weeks or, you know, lose, you know, a kilo a day or whatever it may be, but it's not really sustainable. And unfortunately, it just leaves you in a position where you may have lost five or 10 kilos, but you regain that plus more at the end of it. And that's because the method that you apply to get there is something you can't sustain for the rest of your life. And so I think the real key to success is what you can maintain over time. So it's not about the weight loss that you lose. It's about maintaining the weight loss. So it's finding a method that you can take with you for the rest of your life. And people that say, well, I don't need to eat carbs ever again. And I don't need to eat like pizza and pasta. I'm just like, you're lying to me. Like who will never wants to eat carbs ever again because carbs are great. So like allow yourself to do that. Give your body what it wants, what it craves, and just do it in moderation. I think these people are lying to themselves too, Amal. Oh, yeah, they definitely are. It's, yeah, it's it's crazy because, yeah, it carbs taste good, chocolate tastes good, ice cream, desserts are great. And so why would you want to exclude it from your daily diet? You, you touched on what, I guess, the diet industry is all about, the quick fixes, things like that. It's also really rife with misinformation. How has that impacted your approach to your business? Yeah, I think for us, you know, we have this commitment to create that education in this industry. So we can't actually help that there are companies that are putting out um, information that is quite detrimental and like the mindset end on a person mentally and physically. But what we can do is um, continue on with our commitment to ensuring that we provide proper education in this space and education that is, you know, one, backed by science, but two, is sustainable. You don't want to go and provide something in this market that could be quite detrimental to someone long-term because I I think these this industry unfortunately doesn't consider the consequence that this has on someone for the rest of their life. When you're told that you can't eat carbs or sugar is the enemy or whatever it may be, as you're growing up, it's something that's embedded in and instilled in your mindset for the rest of your life. So as you start to make choices um, and as you start to look at your relationship with food, unfortunately, it's impacted by the 
the information that is available to you at a very early stage. And so for us, that just motivates us to continue pushing our message and ensuring that there's proper education around nutrition in this industry. Are there any um, methods out there that really kind of get your goat up, like just that really frustrate (laughs) you? You just think, no, come on. Yeah, like, can I be honest with you, just fad dieting in general, whatever it may be, right, whether it be like the shake diet or keto or paleo, whatever it may be, it at the end of the day, it's whatever your preference is that's most important. You can't just go and do a method just because you think that that's a solution. You need to have a method that you actually enjoy. So if you're someone who likes to have a high-fat diet, that is so fine. But if you're someone that loves pasta and you're on a high-fat, high-protein diet, that's not going to resonate with you. You're not going to enjoy the process. And so for me, it's not that there's any diet that like really makes my blood boil, but instead just fad dieting in general and that aggressive approach to cutting calories and cutting food groups is just not the right way to approach any health goal because it just results in a bad relationship with food. Your transformation starts with the mind. And until you have a good relationship with food, you won't be able to sustain long-term goals. It's like putting a Band-Aid, right? Like you're Band-Aiding the problem. You're like, okay, well, I want to lose weight, but I am I have this binge eating issue. I have this cycle where I restrict myself Monday to Friday. And then on the weekend, I go and eat whatever I want. And then you're like, but for the next 10 weeks, I'm going to do a challenge and I'm just going to stick with it. That's Band-Aiding the problem. You're not actually addressing the underlying issue of having a poor relationship with food. And then what that means is that once you get to your goal after the 10 weeks, you're just going to rebound back to where you were because you fall back into old habits. And so for me, it's really just the solutions and methods out there that don't teach that, that don't embed behavioral change, but also teach you how to um, build better habits and have a positive relationship with food. I love that. It, it really, I love that you say that the um, transformation starts with the mind because I couldn't, couldn't agree more. So your customers get to eat whatever they want as long as they love it. What's the feedback been like from them? What are they, what are they telling you? Yeah, it's been overwhelming, posit- overwhelmingly positive. It's, you know, we provide a service that's life-changing. I have experienced this myself. So um, just to touch on like the Equalition story, the concept came around because I had lost 30 kilos and was so desperately looking for a solution that was sustainable and something that I would enjoy. Like giving up birthday cake on your birthday is not fun. Like everyone wants to eat a slice of birthday cake. And so finding a, a method that will allow me to enjoy life was the reason why evolution came about and so we I firsthand know what an experience and a transformation can be like on 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 a person and so we provide a life-changing positive experience and so because of that we get the most amazing incredible positive feedback from our community to hear that they are happier in their skin to hear that they've regained their confidence to hear that they've can fit into their favorite genes that their relationships are stronger because they have self-love it's just it it's the reason why I get out of bed every single day so um yeah it's it's been incredible and very thankful that we could be a part of this journey with our community do you happen to know any of the collective stats like you know you've helped lose over like two tons or that's it's probably not even close to what you've done collectively anything like that yeah, so I think last year 
I think it was like over a hundred thousand kilos were lost in the year alone. Like it was just, wow. it's just crazy. It's insane. Like, yeah, it's like some pretty big numbers because we service like thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And because they are loving the approach, they're seeing the results. It's not a matter of like, oh, you know, I am just doing this because of whatever it's, I'm doing this because I actually enjoy it. Equilution becomes a way of life. So people then carry this on the eating behaviors that we teach and the recipes that we provide for the rest of their life. And so we get amazing results. And just like this, the stats sometimes just blow my mind. Like at the end of a challenge, when I hear like the tens of thousands of kilos people have lost over like that campaign period, I'm just like, it's just crazy. It's just the best feeling in the world. Cause like I said, having gone through it myself, knowing what they feel like at that part of the journey and looking in the mirror and just being like, wow, like I can't believe the person that I am today, but the energy and, you know, the vibrance that like comes off you from going through a transformation like that is just, it's just priceless. It really is. Well, I was going to jump over to talking about you next, but you've started it for me. Tell me about that, that journey. Like, did you actually go through, stumble through a bunch of fad diets as well yourself before you were like, nah, this is just not how to do it? Yeah. So funny enough, I actually didn't realize that I had a weight problem until I went for a health check. So I was uh, overweight my entire childhood, but I think as a kid, you know, you don't realize what that could actually mean for your health and just like lack of education and so on. And so went to the GP for a health check and I was told that I was borderline diabetic, which is so confronting as a child and something that you don't want to hear. And the doctor essentially said to me, look, you have to make a choice. It's either potentially take medication for the rest of your life or make a change. And of course, I went with the latter because that was obviously the preferred method. And so I was desperately trying to like lose the weight and become healthy. I tried every single fad diet you could possibly think of, cutting carbs, paleo, keto, shake diets, you name it, tried it all. And yes, they were successful in the fact that I would lose five kilos or 10 kilos, but I found myself putting it back on. And so it just left me feeling confused, deflated, and like, you know, frustrated in in the way that, you know, the whole dieting industry was. And so that's the reason behind my need and want to go and find a solution that was sustainable. So I started to really understand what nutrition was and how the body responded to food. And what I found upon like my research and so on was that the body doesn't recognize food as good or bad. It recognizes it for its numeric makeup. And so I was like, well, if that's the case, why am I told that I can't have carbs or why am I told that, you know, I can't eat after 6 p.m.? And so it all just started to make sense. And then from there, tested it on myself, um, went through the entire transformation. And at the end of it, what the success what success looked like for me was the fact that I could actually maintain it and that I had a positive and a good relationship with food. And it was at that point that I was like, okay, wow the world needs to know about this. And that's when Equalution was born. And so where do you start at that point? You've got this great idea. You've done a bunch of research for yourself, possibly taken a bunch of notes and written things down. And But where do you actually start? What was your, what was your career background and did that help you? 
Yeah, so at the time I was studying a Bachelor of Commerce majoring in marketing and management and I was working at Google in like the marketing department. And so my background definitely didn't support anything to do with nutrition, but it did support in just like the marketing and business element. I think that I always had like a knack for business. And with like starting the business, Equolution, it was never supposed to be a business. So it really just was a passion project. So I had undergone my own transformation. And then at that point, started to service friends and family to give them the same experience for free, wasn't charging anything, just wanted to share my secret, right? And then they started to see success and they were losing so much weight and eating pasta on the weekends and drinking wine. And naturally their friends and family would be like, well, what are you doing? Like, how can you be drinking wine? This was back in 2015 where like chicken and broccoli was the only solution to losing weight. They're like, how do you look like that? You've just lost 10 to 15 kilos and you're drinking wine. Like what, something's not adding up. And then they just started to talk about the transformation that they went on and what they'd learned and the meal plan and and so on. And then, um, one thing led to another and we had people inquiring about our service and then we were like okay well we actually need to start charging for this because it's getting out of hand and then it turned into a business but I remember at that time when we took the leap so we decided to quit our full-time jobs at Google and we were running and managing the business on the side maybe for like a year or so who's we day one oh my co-founder so my co-founder yeah Jade and so we decided to take the leap and I remember on day one of like Equolution being full-time we were just like well what do we do now because like you just like and it's the reality of like starting your first business you're like well what do I actually do like how do we operate this business and so like we just we just hustled like we just got it done and although like some of like when we look back at some of the things and the processes that we had in place were not operationally efficient in in any means things that should have taken us one 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 step took us like 20 it just like it allowed us to really learn in the journey and the business started to evolve as we started to evolve as business owners. So we didn't go in and say, okay, well, we're going to go and invest millions of dollars into technology and turn this into a health tech app. We created product market fit, which we didn't realize at the time through our network of friends and family. We started charging for a service. The service then started generating revenue. We then started to reuse that revenue as investment into the company. And we wanted to uh, create efficiencies within the processes we had in place. And we wanted to create an an ability for us to become scalable and easily accessible. Then as the business grew, we invested in technology and that's how we then eventually got into the health tech platform that we have today. But it was a journey. And I think that what business owners or first-time business owners don't realize is that you're going to make a lot of mistakes and you're not going to know all the answers immediately. And that's okay. It's all a part of the process. And you learn so much in those early days of not knowing what to do because you somehow just make it work, which is the best part about it all. So does that mean if Equolution wasn't technology to begin with, does that mean that you serviced your clients, i.e. family and friends, over like email or did you have booklets and you had sort of physical products? Yeah, so how it was done was we used Facebook Messenger and WhatsApp as our like chat platform. So we used free services and then we would write every meal plan from scratch and then turn that into a PDF and then send it to the customer through an email. But we would use the the chat platform as a coaching service. And then it wasn't until Facebook actually banned us because we were creating too many group chats because it was always me 
Jade and the client. So three people. And then we were making so many that Facebook was like, this is your spam account. Like you are creating too many group chats in one day that we hit a roadblock and it was like, shit, we've got to do something about this because we, we can't even conduct business anymore because Facebook has now taken that away from us. Um, and then also managing, you know, a thousand clients on a Google sheet because we use that as our CRM. One client goes missing, that name's gone forever. We'd never find out who that client was. They're not getting a meal. <laughs> yeah, it was so ma- it was so manual. But like I said, very early on in your journey, you just make it work. It's what we knew, right? It's the tools that we had accessible to us. So we worked at Google. So we understood like the Google workplace, like, you know, the Google functionality and like Google doc sheets and so on. And then, you know, being social media, you know, um, Facebook and WhatsApp and whatever was available. So we just utilized the tools that we knew. And then the business started to evolve as the, as the demand grew and we invested as we saw that there was a need for the demand. And I think that's so important, like in a business journey is that you really validate because you can save yourself the financial loss. And I think that a lot of people come in thinking, I need hundreds of thousands of dollars to start my business. And it's like, no, you need to create product market fit and you need to establish validation. You don't need to go and buy, you know, um, and I think we're lucky being in the digital space, but thousands and thousands of units to really start a business you just need to talk about it to people and find out what their feedback is and then you can start using samples and see how people respond to it rather than going and forking out a loan of 100k putting yourself in you know uh, in debt uh, personally when there are steps that you can take before them to really validate um, your business idea that's a that's um a really good point and I was going to ask you what your biggest learnings have been so far and would you say that that's it? I think yeah you know what like there's a few and I think that they there's like different elements of like the learnings over time and I think one that I really like to share is really establishing product market fit I think that's so important but I think validation in anything that you do particularly when it comes to business decisions whether you're a startup or a scale-up is so important and so you can sit there and be like I've got millions of dollars in the bank and I'm just going to make a decision because I think that's right. But unfortunately, that can actually put you in a really bad position. So you really need to understand your customer. You need to understand your data. Data doesn't lie. It does not lie. And so before you start to make those big decisions and those big investments, look at the data, assess what is needed, talk to your customers. And then when you can really validate that this is going to give you that return that you're hoping to receive through that investment, then make the investment. Don't just be like, oh yeah, I'm going to throw 200K at a rebrand because I think that's what I need to do. Or I'm going to go and buy this product and expand my product line and do this because that's what I think people want. Think and hope are not two words that you should really use in business. You need to be more strategic than that. And then I just think like overall, I think just learning to back yourself in general is like such a big thing. And I think that a lot of founders don't realize how important that like head noise is in the way that you speak to yourself in a journey, because at the end of the day, that little voice in your head is going to be the reason that keeps you going. And if you're doubting yourself and if you're talking to yourself negatively, and if you're unable to really push through, that's going to affect your ability to move forward because this journey is not easy. Like it is so tough. And I was having a conversation with someone earlier today about them starting a new venture and how they want to establish balance and so on. Like they've just started this, this startup. And I said, I think what you need to realize is that 
it, balance probably won't exist for the first three years, but that's the reality of being a business owner and an entrepreneur. And I think that you need to be okay with the discomfort and that discomfort will then only just lead to acceler- accelerated growth. So I think just knowing what this journey entails, but then also having that positive um, internal reminder that you can get through it no matter what is so important. What's growth been like over the, the years and have you had to seek investment or have you just bootstrapped the whole way? Yeah, so we've been in a very fortunate position to have bootstrapped. Um, like I said, I think one thing that we did really well was we evolved the business as we grew as a company and as the demand grew, we then started to reinvest the income into automating and scaling, which has been, you know, the best decision we made as a business because, you know, I I think investment, there's a time and place for it. And we're currently seeking investment now. Um, and the reason why I think that if you can bootstrap for the first few years of the business, you can actually control the narrative of your journey. And if you unless you actually really need the investment, right? Unless it was like a deal breaker, you're not able to actually start the business. It requires a lot of funding that's fine. But if you're able to find a way to fund this yourself, I think that it allows you to really determine what that journey looks like and the sh- and, and really shape your company. So now that we're seven years in, you know, we have spent the last few years building a scalable model. We're ready to take to the international market. And so investment for us is more of a strategic play than anything. So it's working with people that have built global brands that can open up the doors, but also educate us along the way. So it's less about the financial investment, but more so the strategic investment. And when you have an established business, you are in a position to actually, I guess, negotiate your terms because when you're pre-rev and you're like, even like just an idea, you have an investor come in and they're the one that's determining all the terms, right? But when you have a concept that's been validated, you have revenue that you're generating, you're profitable, you actually have more flexibility in putting what's on the table when it comes to your terms. And so that's where we're at now and is the next step for us in this business journey. How much are you looking to raise? Oh, it's it's in the couple of millions. So it just there's a few elements to the raise. Um, but yeah, we're looking in the millions for our cap raise. And let me tell you, it's not easy. Raising capital is just like it's a different world. <laughs> it's a different world and it's hard. And I don't know if it's that I'm at this chapter of my business journey where it's just hard. Cause like, you know, when you enter a new chapter, you're like, this is hard. And I'm like at this chapter, I'm like, this is hard. But it's tough. And like even in the in the economic environment that we're in now it's even harder because everyone's keeping their wallets close and they're like I'm not spending because you know this has happened with my shares in 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 this in the share market or you know the cost of living has increased we're not taking as many risks anymore it's changed the VCP world has changed um doesn't mean that there's not money available there is but what they're looking for is very, very different. They were previously looking for companies that, you know, could show that unicorn future that, you know, doesn't matter about cash burn. It's like, let's get that scale and that reach and whatever it costs to now, like, we need to see profitability. We can see that you have a sustainable business model that can can keep up with the cost of operations that you can fund yourself. And that is like, it's just completely changed, which is great and fine but it's just made this a lot harder Mm. a lot harder yeah yeah that's very true final question Amal what's your silver bullet for business success oh I think that you know it's it's a combination of just innovation and being customer centric I think oh and empowering your team 
I think those three are the key to success when it comes to business. So first and foremost, innovation. Absolutely. In everything that we do, we try and remain as innovative as possible. We want to stand out. We want to do do things in ways that haven't hasn't been thought of. And I think that's super important when you embark on your business journey. It's like, how do I continue to uh, remain innovative in every decision that I bring into the business? And then customer centric, I think your customers really need to determine how you shape your product and your service offering. They are the people that are purchasing it. So you really want to listen to what they have to say and build a a product for your community or for your customers. And then like team, honestly, you're nothing without your team. You literally, you're a person with a vision and without supporting your team and empowering them to be their best selves, you won't get very far. So team is so fundamental in in a journey like this and just in business success. Congratulations on all your success so far and look forward to seeing what happens with the capital raise. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Thank you for having me.